Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 609. Science Faction, this cat poo is giving me heat energy. I've been doing this for 609 episodes, and... um. I never thought I'd get to the point where I wouldn't joyously jump at the chance to talk about cat poop. Feels like we've been do we've been grinding against ignorance for a while. And I don't know that we've made a difference, Bobby. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to talk about the cat poo. You're just going to let it you just want to you want to live in ignorance of it. Well, now that you mentioned it, yeah, I kind of need to know how cat poo is going to affect my life. Definitely. Uh some of it will be thrown at you in less than 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. You don't even own a cat. How'd you do this? No, and there's not like cat parks like there is dog parks where you can just go <laughs> procure dog feces easily enough. I'm going to open up my door. Is there going to be a cat poop catapult aimed at my face? Or better yet, am I going to hear a scream while recording and my wife is going to catch a cat poo catapult to the face? No, I actually set up elaborate traps for neighborhood outdoor cats. Catch them uh, just until they poo and then take their poo to use for pranks. Milk them of their sweet, sweet poo. <laughs> Oh, and speaking of the milked cat poo of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is our comedian, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. That's my goal. My goal is to back you into a corner so that you transition into the show as uh, something negative. As the cat poo of this show, blah, 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 blah. I'm Bobby. Oh, so cat poo is negative now? Wow, Damien. It's 2022. Time to grow up and stop hating. I I missed this episode of John Oliver. Um... When was cat poo? Maybe you missed something called the civil rights era, Damien? Huh, I, I did, actually. And you did, too. Unless, I mean, we're kind of living through it now as well. But You'd think so, but here we are. No, we, we weren't alive during the Selma Bridge thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, dear. And we do have, by the way, some Patreons that just joined up. We will give you your Patreon shout-out coming up next episode. Uh, and some of our shirts have already shipped out. So if you are somebody who had a regular size shirt, meaning small through extra large, and you were uh, you gave me your address, those have already shipped. If you're foreign, or if you're outside of the United continental United States, that might take a while, If but it's still in the mail. If you have not, make sure to get back to me with your address and your shirt size if you are $20 up a month or higher. Make sure you get back to me with your sweatshirt size. And if all of you guys out there listening wish you were on the docket for some shirts and sweatshirts, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Search Patreon for Robert Timothy. We have a very cool shirt. I actually wore it out for the first time ever. To confuse looks everywhere. Yes, uh, you have to explain it to everybody for sure. But let me explain to you. A lot of times if you're you have to explain something. You're not selling the shirt, Bobby. You're not selling the shirt. People get angry and they're like, oh, who would figure that out? Every single person had the exact same reaction. Every single person, when they finally did understand it, when they finally got it, went, that's a fucking cool shirt. Because because they had to. They were your friends and family. It was a wedding. What are they going to do? Punch you for making them for making a <laughs> shirt into a riddle? I would have. <laughs> I know. So we're not allowed to say weddings anymore. <laughs> also, yeah, people tried to confront you about wearing a T-shirt to a wedding, and you kept like turning it into a fishing expedition for a compliment about your shirt. <laughs> 
Oh, dear. Truth time. Damien and I actually did attend uh, a very close friend's wedding this weekend, and uh, we were there together. We usually get sat at the same place. We get we, we were usually in the same ne'er-do-well table, whatever, whatever wedding we go to. They're like, stick those, those like, asshole comedian guys over there. They're loud and annoying. We don't want them near the bride's family. They didn't let us set up our podcasting equipment either. <laughs> So they did that. They put us at the very end and they they ran out of food. Like they literally, there was no more food. And so uh, we're like, well, what do we do? And uh, Damien, you took it upon yourself to make a brave trek down to our favorite Mexican food restaurant and then and then sneak the burritos back in. And it really did feel like like just that ultimate justice because you know the wedding venue is like, well, you can't bring outside food in. And then we were like, but we're starving and you don't have any here. Yeah, this is this, you know, you were paid a significant amount of money to provide food for everybody and you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. By the way, it did turn the wedding into kind of like a a mission impossible thing. I was like uh, I was like yeah. I have 6 minutes to get there before they close. Uh, and who knows if they're even still taking orders, but I have to try. Right. And then I realized, yeah. oh my god, it's saying 6 minutes if I'm in a car. And so I got a scooter and then it was yes. like a Ferris Bueller's day off uh situation <laughs> where I'm trying to beat my parents home. <laughs> Oh, you were the savior that that wedding needed. All right, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. All right, article number one. Turn up that heat, engine. You you sound like you're going to get me yelled at by my dad, who uh, is very controlling of the thermostat, Bobby. Like, are we trying to get children abused? Well, I mean, that is that is in the mission line of the show, yeah. Don't you think I wish I had a dad to abuse me, Bobby? Don't you think I fucking wish that I had a dad who stuck around to punish me unnecessarily? So this is a really interesting new article about a newly developed solid-state heat engine. So first off, what is a heat engine? Damien, do you know? A heat engine sounds sexual, in a way. If this engine were to walk by, I my eyes would shoot out of my head. My jaw would hit the ground, and I would also have a massive erection, which they never showed in the Tex Avery thing. It was all te- mm-hmm. head things. Sure. Now, are you imagining like a Thomas the Tank Engine, but like with an erection, or like what? What is this? Oh no, I'm picturing like an anime style death robot who's like atomic powered, but still has boobs. Mmm. Okay. Well, that makes and sense. even though it's metal, the these curve the, the the metals in the shape of human curves, which tricks me into yeah. getting horny. Yeah. Classy. Super classy. Well, a heat engine is really interesting. A heat engine is basically something that can make electricity or energy from a heat differential. Now, in general, we generate electricity by creating heat differentials. If we talk about a coal power plant, if we talk about a nuclear power plant, if we talk about a lot of those things, what we are essentially doing is heating up water and using steam turbines to produce electricity. That's right. A nuclear reactor is incredibly complicated. You know, obviously a lot of modern physics goes into it, but all of that is just to heat up water and use a steam engine type device that was basically pioneered in the 1700s. Yeah, that was the biggest uh, shocker to me years ago, finding out what nuclear power was. I was like, it's a, it's, it's a nuclear powered steam kettle? Fucking really? <laughs> yes. 
Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's what a coal power plant is too. That's what that's what most things are. Now there are some things that aren't. Like if you think of hydroelectric, in that case, it's a uh, moving water actually spinning. You know, a dam turbine. If you're thinking about a windmill, that's actually a wind turbine that's being spun by the wind. If you're thinking about solar, that's solar, solar photovoltaic, where photons actually hit little uh, cells of silicon and release a, an electron. So not all power generation is that way, but a lot of it is. Especially anything you're doing where you're you know heating something up. That is how we get energy from heat. Is basically creating a seven. 1700 steam engine, letting that heat out, making the steam engine go up and down and getting electricity out of that, which by the way is also not particularly efficient. It's about 30 some odd percent efficient. And, you know, obviously a lot of moving parts that can break. Well, a heat engine is something that does this directly. It directly produces electricity from a differential in heat. There's a few different ways to do it, and the way we're gonna talk about is actually a thermophotovoltaic. So it's similar to a regular photovoltaic that you would use for a solar cell on top of your roof. This one has some different properties to it. The, the two things that make it interesting are that it is A, a heat engine, and that it's a solid state heat engine. Now, a solid state heat engine, if you think about like a solid state hard drive, it means there's no moving parts. That's really important because that really eliminates the maintenance, the potential for damage, the potential for catastrophic problems. I mean, if you look at power generation accidents, they're almost all steam turbines blowing up. Like that that's incredibly common. It's very dangerous. And it's because you have these moving parts and high pressure and stuff. You take that out of the equation, you have no moving parts. Not only do you not have that danger, but you don't have to go in there and service that, you know, steam hinge every 10,000 rotations or something like that. I'll like, service that Japanese robot steam hinge, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it burned my erection. <laughs> So very, very cool This that they were able to develop a solid state heat engine, but even more cool is how efficient this was. This particular heat engine showed 40% efficiency, which is more than double our typical heat engine efficiencies, which are down at 20%, and even higher than our steam engine, our steam engine efficiencies, which are usually about 35%, though they can go higher. That's really, really neat. And it does so with the use of one of these thermophotovoltaics. And what that does is take very hot protons emitted and turn them into electricity. Those hot photons are emitted at near 2,000 degrees, which is higher than we can use for steam engines. And so theoretically, this type of heat engine could be used in areas where we produce high heat and can't otherwise bleed it off because it's actually too hot for something like a steam engine. You know, we keep talking, I mean, I understand that until uh, fusion power happens, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to find solutions to yeah. energy, you know, uh, but I, I thought, I mean, we've reported on it here, but the thorium salt reactor seems like sure. the go-to, and yet there's only been like one built in China, but it, it's, it's waste is low, the sure. fuel is abundant, Yeah, uh, it's very efficient, no chance of meltdown. Yeah, but, you know, nuclear is a hard thing to get politically motivated about, and there's a lot of expensive controls and regulations and stuff. I do think the the future will be those type of small nuclear reactors, but that's still a big deal. I mean, even building a small nuclear reactor is a huge deal if you want to think of environmental concerns and where you're putting it, all that stuff. Whereas... With stuff like this, this takes advantage of something that's around us all the time, which is waste heat. I mean, think what you could build with this. Not only could you build stuff that would capture energy in the, the sense that we were talking about before, you know, you could you don't you don't need to make a steam engine to to use nuclear reactors. Now you could just literally directly make electricity from the heat. But think of things like the brake rotors of a vehicle. Think of things like the outside containments of a battery. Think of something like like a server farm that can't 
help but produce incredible amounts of heat because it's got so many big old energy hungry servers moving at all or working at all times. Or a Bitcoin farm. Yeah, exactly. Or power line generate. Think of power lines. Power lines get incredibly hot. What if some of that heat was able to be recaptured and then put back into the grid so you're not wasting it? What about things like rethinking solar energy where you aren't just trying to capture direct sunlight, you can actually use temperature differentials in the air around you. It doesn't need to be in direct sunlight. What about even things like the motherfucking ocean? It's at a different temperature usually than the air around it. That means the entire ocean and the air differential above it is a source of potential energy if you have a good enough heat engine. So what you're saying is I have a heat engine. I just need a heat differential, not necessarily a hot thing. I, yes. I hook it into a yeah. to an extension cord throw it in the ocean and I'm generating power? Yes. Well, now in general, yes, that is what a, a heat engine can do. These particular ones were utilized at very high temperatures to be specifically able to utilize heat that we can't currently use. Right now for steam engine stuff, we get up to about 1900 degrees or so and that's about it. We can't do much more with heat other than that. It is all wasted after that. This is saying these really high energy photons that get released can be captured by these really specific thermophotovoltaics and turned into electricity. So the actual production of the cell itself is pretty interesting. There's a quote. The cell is fabricated from three main regions, a high band gap alloy, which sits over a slightly lower band gap alloy, underneath which is a mirror-like layer of gold. The first layer captures a heat source's highest energy photons and converts them to electricity, while the lower energy photons that pass through the first layer are captured by the second and converted to add to the generated voltage. Any photons that pass through the second layer are then reflected by the mirror back at the heat source rather than being absorbed as wasted heat. Very, very cool. It's amazing that they're getting 40% efficiencies. I would love to see them getting for those type of efficiencies at different temperatures, but right now they're getting 40% efficiencies at high temperatures that we get essentially 0% efficiencies at using our traditional steam technologies. Really, really cool. And I cannot wait for the time when a heat pump is in everything. Think of the outside of a battery that heats up. You know, that heat could be recaptured and put back into the battery. Makes Think my of your- Game Boy explode in the 90s, which happened to me. I heard a loud pop and my hands like were shot off the back as I was holding it. <laughs> uh, by the way, this seems like, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing some opportunity because I am a guy who runs hot. I have this heat commodity yes. that's always radiating oh, totally. and causing me to sweat and be miserable. But what if I turn that into profit? Yeah, you wear a shirt made out of, out of heat engines and you could generate a lot. Like I had been thinking, what if we took, like we went to like the hottest place on earth, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I think you meant to say Baghdad. Was that, or like... Well, no, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we take a a heat engine there and we get it super, super hot. And then we move it to a cool place like Baghdad, where then the differential between the super hot heat engine that's still maintaining some amount of heat from being all the way to super hot place like Phoenix, even 18 hours later, and the much cooler place like Baghdad, Iraq. We could generate tons of electricity. The, the fact that you that you continue this war between us, even as, as it baffles and mystifies uh, new listeners who have no idea why you've chosen those two specific destinations. Sure. Listeners should know that in our early 20s, uh, I had to go off as a young archaeologist, young field archaeologist. I had to kind of go make my way, and you have to do some hard work sometimes. Okay, you always get the cushy jobs when you first start out. One of my first gigs was going to Phoenix, Arizona in the summertime. It was un- like the pavement was melting. It was so hot. I had to go out there and do field archaeology uh, in a place that was just unbelievably hot. And uh, Damien tried to compare it because he was on a job paid for vacation. I was for committing some time. war crimes, you piece of shit. <laughs> 
was on, yeah, he was on like a three-year-long vacation the government sent him on. And uh, <laughs> while he was there, he was complaining that it was too hot. But I would look it up and it'd be like 115 in Phoenix and it was like He's looking 75 it up at night. Like, like he, he would, he would come to matter. me at a party. It doesn't matter. Why can't you? It doesn't matter. It's not that hot. It's it's daytime in Phoenix and, and midnight in Baghdad. He's like, oh, look at these temperature differentials. Looks like Phoenix wins. And this, it's just like I call BS. He was training for I call BS with this gaslighting argument. Yeah, and I actually had to pay for my my room and board while I was there like a, like it was. I didn't get a, an all expenses paid vacation like you did. I paid in PTSD, you piece of shit. <laughs> all right, on to article number 2, cats be making men act like zombies at the mall. Oh, were you at the Apollo recently and saw this bit? It was great. It was <laughs> This is a really interesting article that correlates cat ownership as a child with psychotic episodes as an adult, but only for males. So this is really interesting. Damien, can you guess why this might be? Uh, toxoplasmosis would be my first shot out there. First and last. That's that's what they think might be the issue. We've talked about toxo a bunch on this show before. It is a fungal parasite that prefers to be inside cats. In fact, it wants to be in their bellies. And the way its life cycle uh, takes place in a cat's stomach and the way it wants to get there is after it gets pooed out as a little baby, it gets into, uh, into rats because rats come around cat feces. It gets inside them. It gets into their brain and it fucks up their brain and takes away their fear of cats. In fact, some studies show it actually makes them sexually attracted to the smell of cat urine. And then the rats come out, they get eaten by the cat because they're no longer scared of it. And the parasite gets to where it wants to be in the cat's belly. You know, it, it's not unlike, I, I think the guy who um, put Mike Tyson in a position where he had to beat on him yeah. had toxoplasmosis. Because it's not as if he was annoying a stranger. He knew it was Mike Tyson. He was that mouse yeah. smelling cat no, urine. No, no, he had a Bud light osis. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I love how there were a lot of times uh, in America when like uh, uh, the police unjustly kill a black man, the papers will rush to smear that guy's name. Like, what was he in? What did he do? Right. You know, what, what, how did he deserve this? I love how the media is jumping behind Mike Tyson on this one. I have seen a bunch of articles slandering this dude as a piece of shit. I saw the video. I know he's a <laughs> piece of shit but <laughs> sure yeah yeah you only need to see so much so david you're exactly correct so they do believe this is toxo we've talked about toxo a bunch on this show before toxo is this parasite that wants to get into cats stomachs but it also can infect humans in fact it is why if you guys are pregnant you've probably been told by your ob to not t if you're pregnant a pregnant women cannot handle a cat litter box and it's because while we do frequently get toxoplasmosis infections and they seem to be harmless we do know that they can cause miscarriages in pregnant women so in that case we, we watch out for it. But we do know that oftentimes little kids growing up in houses with cats that hunt rodents will get toxoplasmosis infections. And there has been some interesting studies that hint at possible long-term consequences. We talked about some for short-term consequences during the actual period of infection with toxo. We see some studies show increased risk of things like motorcycle accidents, which might be fear inhibition like it does in the rats. And as well, we've actually seen a decently strong correlation repeated over and over again, linking increased risk of schizophrenia with toxoplasmosis infection. So while we kind of pass it off and go, that's not that big a deal, we do have some indications that it actually might be a pretty big deal in humans. And by the way, it's fairly ubiquitous in some places. Some places Brazil. in South America have 30, yeah, 30% 30 or so infection rates. That explains Paulo Costa, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people come to our science podcast to listen to niche MMA jokes. 
So this really, this new study was really interesting. They did stuff a little bit different and it correlates cat in ownership as a child with psychotic episodes as an adult, but again, only for males, not for females. So let's get into this. So this study noted that, you know, there was conflicting literature on this, on the subject of toxoplasmosis. Does it cause problems? Does it not cause problems later on in life? Well, these researchers realized that we might've been looking at the wrong thing because Cats don't just have toxo. They can only get it from a rodent. And therefore, they the only cats that actually get toxo are those that go outside or are able to hunt rodents inside the house they're living in. But in general, indoor cats tend to have very, very low levels of toxoplasmosis, especially compared with outdoor cats or outdoor indoor cats. So this time when they did the survey, they asked a bunch of questions about people's childhoods, but they also asked, did you have a rodent hunting cat when you were a child, not just a cat. And this really seemed to be the key. This knocked all of those ambiguous numbers away. All the studies that we had where we saw some show effects, some don't. When you take away cat as a general term and you put in rodent hunting cat, all of a sudden, not only does that become very, that becomes a very strong correlation to increased levels of, of psychotic episodes, but actually it's one of the three leading causes of increased likelihood of psychotic episodes. Damien, can you guess the other two things they found were correlated with increased psychotic episodes later in life? Wetting the bed? <laughs> Both of these are things that happened as a child. Okay, wetting the bed. Uh-huh. Um, starting fires. Okay, you're going with serial killer stuff. Hurting it. I mean, this is this is this is psychopathy. I I I think I, I don't think I'm too far off. One of them is actually correlated with the psychopathy part. It was uh, changing homes frequently as a young child and head trauma. Now, the likelihood is changing homes frequently is actually correlated because people who change homes frequently as a young child are usually in situations that aren't so great. So there's probably other stuff happening as well. Uh, so that is probably just a correlational thing. My dad's in trauma. the military, <laughs> and I'm really against it. So. <laughs> now, it was really interesting to see that once you kind of tease that data out, this became one of the top three at least correlated causes of increased likelihood of psychotic episodes in men. It is interesting that it's only men, though. I wonder what that is. Is there one of those things where it's a protective effect of having two X chromosomes? Is it one of those things where it's just like it's affecting a certain neurological pathway? Like, what's going on where it's only dudes? Because... I don't know. Is it, is it possible that men come into contact with cat poo more than women do in the same household? I guess, but that doesn't seem like that likely. My first instincts would be to say that it's uh, just like hemophilia. It's a 2X chromosome thing. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe it's uh, toxoplasmosis along with suppressing your feelings and being uh -huh. told they're gay yes. every day growing up. That's true. Uh, whereas women are much better at uh, staying in touch with their feelings. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that thing. What if the toxo can only infect you when you have an empty bladder, but there is a trick to it where if you're sitting down, it prevents the toxo from getting in. And so women sit down to pee, empty their bladder, they're still protected. Us men, we're standing to pee, empty our bladder, boom, toxo up the dickhole. Yeah, that or it's like something to do with like the excessive amounts of teenage masturbation that boys do. Like it, uh... Were you jerking off in the litter box again? <laughs> Did you try to fuck the cat? It's easier to clean. It clumps up. <laughs> For clean. Yeah, that, that's a new one. You know, I've heard the story about the mom finding the uh, crusty sock. Yeah. But finding, the, finding a parent who has to clean a crusty litter box. I want him to go one step further and do it Disneyland style where he just comes on the floor and then throws cat litter on top of it. <laughs> 
you're, you're, you're handling it like a janitor would. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of kids, a, a high school class came through here. A bunch of the kids came on the floor. Don't worry, I put a bunch of lay a kitty litter down. Ah, uh, had a kitty litter. Gotta, gotta go with the sawdust. <laughs> yeah, it still smells like cum in there pretty good. The cedar, it, it's known to take the smell away. <laughs> Well, the, this is the future liberals want, where everybody's just super comfortable with people coming on the floor. Goddamn right we do. There's a lot more of those uh, bright yellow A-frame don't slip and fall signs everywhere. <laughs> a lot of advanced nations, just as they use trash cans to handle litter, uh, are going to have to ha- like maybe have like little socks, like please try to ejaculate in the socks, or a litter box. Just a litter box in the building. Oh, my God. You guys heard him. Buy your stock in Swiffer now. All right. Thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction 609, where you learned all about a new heat engine that might change the way we produce electricity and how toxoplasmosis infection in children might be causing increased psychotic episodes later in life for men. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction 610. I swear, Daddy, I didn't have sex with nobody to get pregnant. I just sat down on a public floor. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right.